Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. Hi, Creeksiders. It's, uh, welcome to the message today, and I hope you don't get to see this online, because if you do, it means I'm still a bit croaky. It's Saturday afternoon here at my place, and I woke up a little croaky this morning and thought, gee, I better... I better do something that gets ready if, if I'm still feeling a bit croaky tomorrow. So um, I thought it was wise to do that. So I hope you don't get to see this, but if you do, you'll know why. Um, and it's been a bit pivot central at Creekside this year. We've had to pivot a couple of services for people with COVID. We've had to have a couple of services without music because of COVID. We've had to pivot because of floods and weather. Um, uh, and today is another one of those where this was due to be a kids service where the kids ran the whole service, but then some of the leaders went down with COVID, some of the kids as well, and so we're pivoting back to a normal service where I, was due to, I wasn't due to speak today, but was going to speak, and then um, we might be pivoting again with this because I'm a bit croaky. So it is what it is. We, we, we work to how we can, and we pivot how we, how we can pivot, so it's important that we understand that. So, um, and I, I really, if you see this, I'm really sad today to miss the welcome to Irina's family from Ukraine. Uh, we know it's 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 a sort of bittersweet for them. They're here in safety with family, but many much of their family is still at home in the Ukraine, and and so keep praying for them. It's important. They're, they're, they need your need the God's comfort and your support at this time as well. So uh, here we are. Let me pray, and we'll begin. Father, thanks so much for this day. Thank you that we can enjoy your company, and we know you're in charge of all things. And we pray that we'll hear from you and from your spirit today uh, as we look at your scriptures. Amen. As I said, I wasn't due to speak, and uh, so I'm going to share with you some thoughts I, I shared last week. I was invited down last weekend to New South Wales, to Newcastle actually, to speak on miracles. And uh, I hadn't done that for a long while, and um, so it caused me to rethink and, and to uh, do some thoughts on my own life and what that means for me and for all of us. In the whole sphere of that, and and uh, you know the the dictionary defines a miracle as an event that seems inexplicable by natural or scientific laws. And uh, the theme of today, if you like, is a miracle on the high seas. The, the scripture they gave me was this passage of scripture in in Luke chapter eight. I'm going to read it to you. Luke eight verse twenty two. One day Jesus said to his disciples, "Let us go over to the other side of the lake." So they got into a boat and set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. I'll never forget one day when I was pastoring a church um, and we had a young couple in the church who were pretty new in, in faith and he had very, very serious back trouble, spasms and um, seizures in his back, couldn't move and one day he was really, really bad. He'd been uh, to doctors and specialists and he was laid up in bed, could not move, was paralysed. And he'd read in scripture uh, as, a, as a new believer, he's read, he's read this in James chapter 5, he's, it says this, 
Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And uh, I, I remember getting a call, his name was Ted, his wife's name was Pam, getting a call from Ted saying, I want to call, I want to call upon the elders, I want you to come around and pray with me, uh, anoint me with oil, and we're going to pray for my back. So I gathered about three of the elders, and we went round to Ted and Pam's place, and he was in bed, we went into his bedroom and sat around his bed and he was just motionless, but glad to see us. And so we, we prayed for him. Uh, we prayed fervently for, for Ted and we prayed for healing for his back. And, and then we finished, we just started con conversing with Ted and he just said to us, would, would you like a cup of tea? And uh, we said, look, I'd love a cup of tea if that's okay. We're expecting his wife to come in and get the orders. Um, but Ted got straight out of bed went out, put the kettle on, and made us all a cup of tea. He hadn't been able to move for ages. And I remember thinking we kind of ashamedly surprised with each other, looking at each other going, wow, that's amazing, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. And I recognize that miracles are not easy to uh, comprehend, they're not easy to understand, um, they're not easy to pray for. But we prayed for one that day and it happened. And when I think to this miracle in, in, in the uh, Sea of Galilee, the, the, the people Jesus called to himself said, come follow me, were a weird bunch of eclectic, many, in many cases, misfits. Um, they, were, they would have been people who followed Jesus. They would have heard him say incredible things. The scriptures say they're astonished at his teaching. They would have walked the countryside with him for three and a bit years. Um, they would have seen him... Uh, do extraordinary things. They would have seen him confront religious leaders, call religious leaders um, hypocrites, call them whitewashed tombs and dirty cups and a, a few other things. So they would have seen all this amazing stuff. And they would have seen him um, do miracles, extraordinary miracles that were in kind of three areas. Uh, there were miracles of cure or healing, where he healed people. There were miracles of uh, demonic deliverance, where he delivered people from evil spirits. And they were miracles of nature, where he was able to um, uh, do things uh, not with people but with, with nature and so um, and the elements. So they're the three areas. And, and the first of those, according to Luke, is this one we read about, where the people, they're out in the lake and, and, uh, um, and you know, the wind whips up the sea or the, or the lake. But before this time, they've seen miracle after miracle. They've seen healings. Uh, they've seen Jesus heal a leper and you know we read those scriptures and it just seems to roll off the tongue Jesus heal the leper but you've got to understand if you're, a, if you're a disciple you've seen Jesus put back dead flaky skin on someone's hands, arms and legs probably um, that's, that's what it means by heal the leper they've seen him um, uh, heal a paralytic you know with some friends who got him down through a roof and, and, and that um, we, we've seen uh, him heal some with a withered hand, seeming disregard for Sabbath laws. He did it on the Sabbath and got into trouble for that. Um, he's, soon he's to, he's to stop a funeral procession and say to the young man in a casket, just get up, you know, get up, and the young boy does. It's just extraordinary stuff. Now they find themselves on a boat um, where Jesus says, let's go to the other side. Um, so they get in the boat, it's a, it's a lake about seven miles, the Sea of Galilee is a lake about seven miles um, wide. Um, and when they get to the other side, they're going to see more miracles, they're going to see Jesus um, deliver 
a whole series of demons into a herd of pigs and they're going to go over a cliff. So it's, it's just extraordinary times if you're a disciple. Um, but this is the first one of, of, the, of the elements and I'd be shaking my head. Um, I, I'd be um, shaking my head and I, when I'm preparing for this last week, I, I realised that it's very easy to get sophisticated or technologically savvy so that we allow the sophistication of life, we allow the intelligence of life, we allow um, you know, the technology of life to, to almost take us away from miracles, to almost explain them away from us and we, we've got to be careful we don't we don't do that but here we have the story where this lake seven miles wide um, boat you know Jesus gets in a boat uh, he, he's been tired he's teaching most of the time so he falls asleep I would imagine pretty soon and the wind springs up um, the Sea of Galilee is about 600 feet below sea level so it's in a hollow and there's mountains around it and the winds particularly come zooming through past a, a mountain called Mount Hermon and whip up the waves on the lake. It's not a tidal wave, obviously, but it's a wave by the, by the wind. And, and that's what's happened at this time. And, and the disciples freak out. The boat's heaving and hoeing. It's getting knocked around. The boat's filling up with water. Um, Jesus isn't even awake. He doesn't, all this disruption doesn't even wake him up. Um, they're getting f f freaky. They're, they're terrified. Um, they're terrified of, of, of what's happening in the boat. Um, and don't get too judgmental towards these guys. We probably would be terrified too. Even though we know Jesus is with us, we sometimes get terrified and freaky about, about things that happen. So it's kind of too, don't get too judgmental. But he got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, and uh, stopped the, the disruption on the lake. And says, where is your faith? So they're terrified when they saw um, the wind and the waves. He stops all that. And they're terrified when they see his power. So they're terrified all the way through the thing. Uh, and it's been really helpful to me to look at this miracle and other miracles because it makes me ask some questions about my own life, my own faith, my own journey. The first question or the first statement is this, that miracles expose my meagre expectations. That miracles expose my meagre ex expectations. It causes me to ask the question, do I expect miracles? Or have I become so rational and so um, cerebral that, you know, that's another, that's another world. It's not the world we live in. Uh, and ask the question, could he and would he do in me miracles that he has done before? Um, do I expect God to do the miraculous today? And I'm not talking about presumption. I'm not talking about, you know, God, you've got to be presumptuous in God. I'm not talking about you see God as your genie in a bottle just to give you the answers you want. Um, but what restricts us, what restricts me, it cause me to ask, what restricts me from, from really trusting God, expecting God to do miracles? Is it fear of failure? I mean, what if it doesn't happen? What if I pray for something fervently and it doesn't happen? Will I be humiliated? Um, will I be embarrassed? Is it because of sophistication? Do I kind of think that, you know, the, the world's too sophisticated for miracles now? We can master our own destiny. We can do our own thing. What if God doesn't come through? And uh, I think we've just got to be really cautious and careful about, about uh, what we ask. I've heard people pray for some outrageous things. And sometimes I go, sometimes I go, well, you're really praying for that? But then as part of me goes, that really is quite... Uh, quite admirable that you're praying for that. It's quite winsome that you're praying for that. It's quite amazing that you're praying for that. Um, 
what are my expectations like? Do I expect God to work? And part of it is being very clear about the roles that, about the roles that we play. For example, in healing, what are the roles we play? Very important to understand. My role is to pray believing. God's role is to do what's right and be God. Um, he's the one with the perfect knowledge. So my role is to pray believing. My role is not to do God's role. I'm not, I'm not telling God what to do. My role is to pray believing. I pray that God can heal this person. And, and I'll, pray, I'll pray that God will heal this person. But God is God and he does what's right. And the key thing for our expectation and faith is to be able to manage it when those two things do not line up. When what I pray fervently for, God doesn't see as the best thing to do there and then. That's like I've got to be able to manage that with my faith. But I do not dilute my faith or dilute my expectations because I want to give God a way out. If God needs a way out, he doesn't need a way out. He'll do what's right. Um, you know, so we've got to be careful that we do, what's, we do what our role is. Our role is to pray believing. And God's role is to do what's right because he's only God. Um, if, you're, if we're honest, sometimes we, we recognize it's easier to trust other people than it is to trust God. I can trust people who are experts in something to do something before I trust God to do something. We, we sing a song, I know, called Waymaker. It says, God is a waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. And I'll guarantee we, we think and talk about God more as... Um, a way maker, God makes a way for us. God is um, a promise keeper, he keeps his promises, he's, he's the light of the world, he's a light in the darkness. The one that we don't talk so much about is God being the miracle worker, but he is. He does um, do that. Um, so when I pray, do I pray presumptuously? No, I don't pray presumptuously. Um, God must obey me. No, that's not the way it is. It's not, I'm not entitled to get whatever I want. I'm not entitled to do that. But God says to pray believing. Pray and to give him the desires of your heart. That's what God says. Um, so what are your expectations of God? Are they big enough when it comes to miracles? So do they reflect the powerful God of the universe? Or, or have I defined God in my terms? In other words, have I created God in my image rather than being created in his image? So first thing I want to say is that miracles sometimes expose my meager expectations. Second thing I ask is a related question when it comes to miracles is, uh, is my faith up to it? Is my faith up to really grasping what God is doing, what God could do? Um, it's a disturbing question, but most of us would be quick to say, yes, of course my faith's up to it. I can trust God for anything. But in this passage, um, Jesus used an extraordinary economy of words. He only says two quick things. He says, firstly, let's go to the other side of the lake. And the ordeal happens and the squall happens and the, the waves go crazy. And then he heals all that. He, he deals with all that. And then he simply says, where is your faith? And there seems to be an aspect in the miracle stories that we read in the Gospels particularly. There's an aspect of faith. Um, really important in there that uh, um, and I'm sure the disciples would have been using in that boat um, some very colorful language to express their faith express their concern and their fear Jesus just says where's your faith um, and uh, most if not every time a miracle occurs there's a reference to faith um, as I said before he heals someone on the Sabbath and asks the question do you have faith in the law or me 
Do you have faith in the law or me? A really important question to ask. He heals a centurion's servant who's dying. Um, and the, servant, uh, the centurion sends out word to Jesus not to bother coming because I know you can just say a word from wherever you are and he'll be healed. And he says that's the first time anyone's ever trusted Jesus to do something when he wasn't there in person. And uh, he just says, I've never seen faith such as this in all of Israel. It's, it's really important that he, that he says that and sees that. Um, there's a woman who's sick, been sick for 12 years, and manages, she shouldn't even be anywhere near the crowd, but manages to weasel her way through the crowd and touch the hem of her garment. And he says, your faith has made you well. And then there's this story, where is your faith? There's something about faith and miracles. And the question I've caused myself is, um, uh, is my faith up to it? Luke, in his second book, if you like, which is the book of Acts, tells some amazing stories of miracles, extraordinary stories. And the, the, the gospel went out, it says, with signs and wonders. Uh, that, that, that is a miracle story. The gospel went out, not just in words, not just a cerebral gospel. It's not just persuading people with the story of Jesus, but it went out in signs and wonders. It drew, drew attention to that story. Um, there were times when... when uh, People came to, uh, to, to touch handkerchiefs and aprons that Paul had used, and they got healed. I mean, it wasn't so much that there was something magic about the handkerchiefs or the aprons, and we've got to make sure we don't make some sort of weird theology about that, but they trusted. They trusted that God could do stuff, and somehow God honored that. Um, to the Thessalonian church, uh, right at the beginning, and to others, uh, Paul says this, I came to you not just in words, but in power, the Holy Spirit, and deep conviction. See, words, it's not just about words. It's not just about clever apologetics. It's about coming in the fullness of God to people. I'll never forget once when I was lecturing at Bible college, a student took a risk and stopped me in the middle of a lecture and said to me this, it comes up to haunt me every so often. He said, Tim, what are you trusting God for that only God can do? In other words, not, not what are you trusting God for that if it doesn't come through that way, um, you know, there's plan B and then there's plan C and there's plan D, but if there's no plan B and there's no plan C and there's no plan D, what are you trusting God for only God can do? That's a challenge to us, a real challenge to us. Um, because faith is not something that makes things easy. Faith, faith makes things possible. It's very different. Um, and is my faith up to it? I might be up to intellectually defending my faith. I might be up to good doctrine, good theology, and moral understanding of what it means to be a Christian. But am I up to trusting Jesus for um, the miraculous? That's the question that made me ask myself. And the third question was, uh, how dependent, or maybe even desperate, am I really? When I read about uh, the miracles, there seems to be a level of dependence or probably desperation um, it's a strong it's a strong question but uh, am I desperate we read the story and we've had it already in Luke um, where four guys have got a mate who's paralyzed he has no way of getting around he's, it's no, there's no wheelchair there's no NDIS uh, he's lying on a stretcher he's got no invalid pension um, and you as a, as a mate have faith deep enough to go up onto a roof and, and desecrate a roof. I don't know whether there were tiles or whether it was thatch or whatever it was, but you poked a hole in that roof to make sure you could lower down your friend 
on a stretcher. So it's a fairly big hole. And get me before Jesus. You are desperate enough to do that. And in Luke's gospel in chapter 5, it says, when Jesus saw their faith, not his faith, when, he, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to him, friend, your sins are forgiven. And then he heals him. So it was the feel, the desperation of friends that prayed for someone who was paralytic that caused the miracle for that person. It's uh, good to understand it wasn't, the, wasn't the, the man himself's desperation, it was his friend's desperation. I mentioned before the woman who touched um, the hem of her garment. She had a, a flow of blood for 12 years and uh, we don't know how she got through that crowd. I would suggest that she probably got through that crowd which she should have been nowhere near because she was an outcast. She probably crawled hands and feet through that crowd that was coming towards Jesus because it says she touched the hem of his garment. She wasn't the sleeve, it wasn't the, you know, the neck, it was the hem. So she might have been even down low. She was certainly pretty low when she touched the hem of his garment. And he stopped and he said, powers come out of me. Um, and he, what, what happened? And when he f figured out what happened, he said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. She was desperate enough. Um, here's a group of guys who are bailing out water from a boat that's where the water line is getting closer and closer to the top of the boat all the time. The leader's asleep. Um, and you're desperate. You're very desperate um, at this time. Um, in this desperation, let me just say this. I, one more thing I just want to say to you uh, in this time. I think God now at this time in our history, if you like, where well, we had a couple of years of enormous disruption. Um, God wants a dependent church. Maybe even, I use the word cautiously, maybe even a desperate church. Um, but God, we, we, it's not about getting back to what we were and getting back to normal, because what we've had in previous decades has been abnormal. We've had a pretty smooth run. It's been pretty smooth in our, in our culture. Um, and now, there's, now uncertainty and disruption is part of us for the next period of time at least. So in that period of time, I think God is saying, I want a dependent church. You need to rely on me. You won't be able to answer it all um, on your own. Like I said before once at, at Creekside, I think you know, we've lived with this illusion of control whereby we can, we can manage, we can control nature, we can control human nature. You know? So we can control space travel now. You know? 40 plus years ago, we put a man on the route, on the moon, and now we're selling tickets to, to space. So we can manage nature, and we've had so many self-help um, uh, courses that uh, to help us become better people. But you know, in the last couple of years, we've still still seen enormous amount of uh, um, domestic violence and child abuse and racism and sexism. We've seen all of that, and so. Uh, it's just an amazing uh, happened this illusion of control we've had we haven't had control we haven't had it it's it's just uh, amazing so I think what God wants now is a dependent church in a new era of disruption we're going to be disrupted over lots of things there's going to be uncertainty if we think we're going to get the certainty we had before I don't, I don't think we will so in that uncertainty and disruption of life we need faith we need um, a dependence in God that we've never had before to that level. So I think we need a, 
God is looking for a dependent church. It's not a self-righteous church. It's not a got-it-all-together church. It's not a divisive church. It's not a church with tribes, and, and, and etc. It's it's uh, or to find some new ways to form unhealthy tribes. We tend to do that really easily. It's not an entitled church. Um, it's not a believe you're the bee's knees church, but it's not a presumptuous church. But it's a humble church. It's a dependent church. It's a fall on your knees church. It's a risk-taking, not safety-first church. And see God do only what God can do. So um, when I think of miracles, I, I, I firstly look at myself, I look inwardly and go, do I really, what are my expectations? Do I really expect God to work supernaturally? And that's challenged me. Or is it, do I just, you know, work at all rationally? Um, is my faith up to it? Trust God to do what he can do and to trust God even when he doesn't do what I want him to do. And am I dependent enough? Am I dependent, even desperate enough in my prayers? Uh, so hopefully that helps uh, in, in the whole area of um, trusting God in the miraculous. Again, it's not something we look at very often, but I think it's really important that we do and challenge yourself in the whole process. So take care and let me pray with you and then we'll, uh, we'll close. God, thanks so much for today. Thank you for... Um, just the challenge of miracles each day. Uh, Lord, we sometimes get so sophisticated, we don't expect a miracle, we, we expect we can fix it all. And Lord, I pray that you help us have good expectations, uh, a faith that's up to it, and a dependent life, dependent church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for that. Uh, talk soon. Bye.